The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Notes from the underground. All right, folks. So welcome back. Uh, this is Notes from the Underground, a podcast where we take a microscope to some of Christianity's thornier topics and people. I'm your host, Tiziana, mom so hard, so verse. How do you mom so hard? I'm, my husband's doing it today. <laughs> he's dadding so hard. Yeah, he's dadding so hard. And so is his grandpa. So they're doing the, they're oh, doing double the Double dad duty. Double dad duty. Mm, triple D. Doing the, doing the deed. Yeah. To my right, I've got Carlton Rick Carter III. Oh, yeah. It's really hard for me to, because I can't do it like you do, Rick. Rick's like, Carlton Rick Carter. Yeah, no. It just sounds like I'm screaming. It doesn't, okay. sound, it doesn't sound intimidating at all, which speaking of, directly next to him is Rick Welch, the podfather. That's my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my wife fixed it for me because I said, I'm going to make you a podcast you can't refute. I thought that was great. She said, no, you're going you're gonna to do a podcast that they can't refute. Oh, there you go. I was like, bam, I'm really not that good, but thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Yes. And back again, Sarita the Edge Edgerton. Hello. All right. Well, folks. um, Oh. Even Andy. (laughs) Sorry, you were just an afterthought, pal. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So rude. I understand entirely because TZ's actually facing away from me, which is not a way I usually have her. So, Mm -mm. out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) Let's not forget. Andy, Rocket Man Bishop. Yeah. Big cow. Yeah. Cow. <laughs> His heart's dejected. not in it today. Yeah. That's why sad rocket. <laughs> well, folks, uh, as we like to do here, we're going to uh, take a microscope to one of Christianity's thornier topics, um, same-sex activity and the Bible. Ooh. Yeah. We mentioned this briefly. Buckle up. If, if, if you folks had have had a chance to listen to the Ruth series uh, Ruth for the final episode that we recorded, we we sort of touched on this issue, and it seems uh, relevant um, considering that Pride Month is just around the corner, and because we're not afraid on this podcast of having difficult conversations with love, um, I thought it might be a good place to start our next study. For myself. Uh, this is not an issue that I ever really thought about until I was in college. Uh, when I was in college, I took a class on Greek and Roman culture, and that is when I started to have a different approach to some of the New Testament uh, scriptures. There are more than 31,000 scriptures in the Bible, both the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, and a Approximately six of them reference same-sex activity, and uh, two of them are in the New Testament: one in Timothy and one in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. So, it was in the context of the class that I started having a different approach or thought process about those two. And then during the pandemic, when I was sitting at home, pregnant, and couldn't go anywhere or do anything, I um, I have an old school concordance. Like I, I'm a fan of paper. Me too. 
I, I like I it. I just don't like carrying them all the way over here. I'd want to, and I certainly didn't. I certainly didn't. So I have this giant concordance at my house, uh, and I just kind of started. Yeah, Yeah. Strong's. (laughs) Strong's concordance. That's right. Exhaustive. It was a gift on my 18th birthday for my sister-in-law. So I I just kind of started poking around and looking up some things in the original Hebrew. And then I just started ordering books and doing some things and reading some things. And again, you know, learning about... Learning about the rise in awareness around sexual orientation from a secular perspective, because I also, my degree in sociology is minor in women, gender, and sexuality studies. So I spent a lot of time sort of looking at and discussing the, the cultural and social implications of sexual identity. And so it was really, that was when I first started kind of asking, you know, some of these more difficult questions. Um, Rick, you sent me uh, a debate on mm-hmm. the internets. I did. And I watched that It was that brutal. Debate. It was hard to watch. It was hard to watch. Um, May I know who the participants yeah, were? Yeah, it was Jeff Durbin and James White on the Apologia radio, um, who was their conservative Christians, partial preterist, mm-hmm. uh, Baptists, and uh, with and Brandon Robinson. That's uh, a Robert lot of labels. And, yeah, yeah that is, a lot of labels. It is, well, as always, there are labels with everything. But And then Brandon Robertson, who was yeah. a progressive Christian who talks about loving relationships and how that's—and I'm sure you're going to be bringing this up today. Yeah. And But the, the problem was is that— they just kept calling him an apostate, and it was it was really bothering me. I was having a hard time watching. I was like, right. just shut up and list, let him speak. It was calling who? So, so it's kind of like Jeff uh, and James were going a little after, bit of the old ad hominem. Absolutely, yeah. It, yeah, it's that's like unfortunate. The, it's ancient ad hominem. Well, really, it's the like oldest medieval. Some would, say, some would say the first profession. Yeah, of they ad got hominem. medieval on his hiney. And what would happen was he would start to talk, but they would interrupt him. So it really wasn't a debate as much as it was just a discussion. Uh, but they never let him. They really never let him speak. Is that the the one they did most recent? Uh, yeah, I would say in the last month or so. They just did one where they did a debate against two atheists. Is that them? No. Okay. No, that's a different one. This is this was uh, specifically about same sex, and it was. And I sent it to you because I knew this was coming. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I'm really glad that you did because, um, you know, I found myself, and I'm you're gonna hear the crickle crackle. Oh, I like it because I actually managed to bring a halls this time. If you're gonna if you're gonna do that, coughing, just put it right up to the like go full ASMR. Yeah, he loves foley. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, dude. Okay, confessions. I love those ASMR videos of Korean chicks. It's called mungbok, right? Oh, God, no. Get me away. Just <laughs> eating noodles or something, and they put microphones up to their mouths. These tiny little adorable Korean yeah, girls just eating so one. much food. I thought it was mukbang. Listen, if you make— Mukbang, there you go. If you, mukbang, that's If you it. make noise while you Sounds eat, I can't do it. I don't I know. cannot do it. I can't do slurping. I can't loop, do bro. chomping. <laughs> I don't even know what this is, but I know that I would die. Okay. I don't know why I like it. I don't know why I like it. You know what it is? I do you know. That's this. a lie. I know exactly why I like it because I have. Um, Did you like everything that's counterculture? Well, partially. Well, it's not that's that part ca- of it. You'd be surprised how many people watch that stuff. It's There's a just, fetish for everything. And, Come and, on. And it's, I, I don't think a fetish implies. 
there's a sexual component to it. I don't think there is in the case of mukbang. Although it does sound I, very fetishy, it yeah. does. Like, it's just Korean. fetish. Like it just has we're going to be mukbanging. No, it's like it's like the it's like the yeah. combination of eat and YouTube in weird way. Yeah. Like yeah, it's like a, just a word. But um, I have an eating disorder. I have a binge eating disorder, and I've been working with a therapist for a long time. And so I get to watch these tiny little girls just shovel it in <laughs> in a way that I can't, you know, or a way that I'm trying not to. Is that and a bit so like an alcoholic like, going into a bar? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, just watching a drinking game. <laughs> it's like watching a Drinking watching game. a drinking yeah. game. I, I, I just, you know, and it's one of those weird things too that like I do quietly by myself at night. It's like, you know, I just like sit there and like watch videos and I have like certain people that I like the best. Yeah. Let's That's just, funny. you know, true confessions of a weirdo. Here we are. I, yeah. Uh, Kristen's sister. That makes my watch anxiety my too. Mm. I don't. Yeah. Up. I but in say. any case, um, sorry. So when I watched that video, what I hear a lot of and what I hear a lot of in general when it comes to having difficult um, theological conversations is, well, does, you know, do you or do you not believe that the word of God is the word of God? Because the idea is if I can read a scripture on its face value and make an interpretation about it and you disagree with me, then it's because you don't believe that the Bible is the word of God. And so what ends up happening when we have these larger discussions is instead of focusing on the issue— um, or or doing our research and just discussing the issue, mm-hmm. what winds up happening is, is we're having this like heretic argument. Mm-hmm. So um, not as much for us in the room, because I think that we're all on the same page about our approach to biblical literature and—, and um, Sorry for all those folks like Sarita that can't stand the sound of me chewing on no, it. I can't right. actually hear it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Don't ever say stuff like that because they'll never hear it. Good. Yeah, they all won't. Right. And, yeah. and I can hear it. By saying we're all on the same page, I think, I think it's safe to say that within this room, within our whole group of but, the boroughs, right. that we, we have— it's not always so cut and dry. Just just read just read and believe the Bible. Well, that's fine. But we've discovered in this room since we started reading it and yeah. actually reading it yeah. that it's not quite so cut and dry. There's some work you've got to do. Because this particular topic is extremely triggering for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And because most people that listen to this podcast, I imagine, truly desire to follow the heart of God mm-hmm. in order to assuage some of those fears because the folks listening— don't have the opportunity to ask me directly, but the Bible says, don't you believe the Bible? I thought it might be prudent to spend a little bit of time, and this might even just be the whole episode for May. Sure, to start. Where we sort of set the stage for our approach. And I I wrote down some things, and I'm going to give everybody a chance to chat it out too. Um, The first thing is, is that I do believe that all Scripture is God-breathed, and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, according to 1 Timothy 3.16. Mm-hmm. I do. But I do not believe that means the human beings whom God spoke through are infallible or above interrogation. Mm-hmm. For example, I mentioned 1 Timothy, which claims Paul as its author. Absolutely no respectable, respectable biblical scholar mm-hmm. <laughs> today actually believes that Paul wrote the letter, but that it is pseudepigraphal um, or written by someone else who just signed Paul's name to it in an attempt to lend it credence among its audience members and gain a wider circulation. Um, so can I jump in on that one? Yes, you may. So, um, as you know, when mm-hmm. you start dealing with the you know the Christian, especially the far right, mm-hmm. you know, for them to agree with scholarship isn't necessary. They're they're mm. there's it's almost a, di- a badge of honor when they don't. Uh, yeah, it almost feels like depends. But it, well, it, no, I mean you're kind of right there, Andy, because if you say. 
do you believe the Bible or not? Are you going to let a scholar tell you something else than what the Bible says? And I understand that. That's why a lot of times they'll just turn off this conversation. Yeah. Because it's yeah. that's from the mind. And so what we're asking is, look, we understand how you feel. I do too, but I do understand scholarship. There's a reason why we have scholarship. And I don't think you know, God's so small that he can't allow a scholar to find something in it. It doesn't change the fact that it became a part of the canon that we have. That's right. Right? So yeah, that's, just, yep. just also, stick with us for a while. It's a, it's a weird view to believe that the Bible is a true part of history and that historians— it's it's almost like you have to decide to have that view, mm-hmm. not consciously, but you kind of have to decide that there's two different universes. There's the one that is the Bible and only the Bible, mm-hmm. pasts, two different pasts. Right. And then there's the past that was like all things man. Mm-hmm. And you have right. to, in order to say that, you have to decide somewhere in your head, not consciously, those two things existed separately yeah. and don't affect one another. And that's a wild thing to say, and mm-hmm. that they somehow meet at the point where you were born or something. I agree. No, that's one history. Mm-hmm. You know, and to say that no other point has anything or any bearing or any import. How can you say that if you think that that was what actually happened in history? Right. And so, when, when, in other words, when Tiziana said just a minute ago, I believe that all Scripture is God-breathed, and that comes from 1 Timothy 3.16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you just said, although, yeah. most scholars say that it's pseudepigraphal. So, she still believes that the Scripture is God-breathed, right. even though the scholars disagree. So, she is kind of—she's accepting scholarship. And I, that's all I'm saying is I just—I know mm. our audience. Yeah. Better than anybody, because yes. I hear from them all, and That's right. there's some extreme conservatives. And the ones that are extreme, I just want you to hang in there. Just hang in a little while. Listen. Yeah. Well, and I give think it a chance. If, if talk we're, through it. I'm sorry. No, I'm done. To talk over I'm you. done. You go right ahead. That's I what we got to do. I will never shut up. You got to um, interrupt me. I, I think, and, and what actually being a part of this, um, and I've said this before, I've actually gotten into my scripture, read it differently. Um, I've always been blessed to be part of churches where the pastor has said, "Don't take my word for mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, go to the Bible." Mm-hmm. I-, I preach a preach. I preach a sermon. Whatever. Yeah. Go to the Bible. Back if I- if I'm wrong, tell me. Yeah. And I've actually gone to a pastor before and said, "I think you got that wrong." Mm-hmm. Um, so I, for one, want to be closer to Jesus. I want to learn more about Him. I want to learn more about the story of redemption from Genesis to Revelation. I, I want to. I want to own that. And I don't want to just take what someone tells me as the gospel. <laughs> the gospel should come from the gospel. And so I, so I think if, if everybody's honest with themselves, very few people who go to church, and, and, I, and I say this with love in my heart and kindness, ever pick up their Bible outside of church. As much as we have devotions and um, journals, all it, there, it's a multi-million dollar business, billion dollar business, all the books and journals and things like that. Very few people on the whole pick up their scripture other than to maybe read a passage and, and they don't get into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of what it what it means, who it was written to, for yeah. whom was it written, right. who was it written by, when was it written, what was the time what were the times like? Mm-hmm. And really study it, really get into it. Mm-hmm. Um there it's just milk. And that's and, and as yeah. somebody who just had a a, a nursing you accident, know exactly yeah, what milk I'm talking is, about. Milk is gold yeah. sometimes, but 
the meat. Milk will keep you alive. Meat. But it's not going to help you grow. It's the meat that helps you grow. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I mentioned First Timothy, not first because, again, it is both a pseudepigraphal work and it also contains one of the clobber passages that we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. So um, I say that only to say I, I, I interrogate texts that have a questionable authorship, not because I don't believe they belong in the canon, but I believe that I, I need more of the Holy Spirit lens to fully understand what's being said there. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter. Most scholars don't believe that Peter wrote the book of Peter because he was likely a fisherman who was illiterate. Mm -hmm. And the original Greek of Peter is so well done, and Greek is a difficult language to do well in writing, that most scholars don't believe that. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't be in the canon, Mm -hmm. but what they suggest probably happened is people who had listened to Peter wrote it down later. We know that the Gospels were written— at least 30 years after the death of Christ. Mm -hmm. So the likelihood that the transcripts of what he said are exactly what he said, fly on the wall, stenographer writing it down, are unlikely. It's likely the gist of what he said or like an encapsulation of what he said or, you know, close enough that it's not significantly, it's not significantly different. It's close enough that God didn't smite him when they wrote it. Jesus said. Yeah, yeah, it's (laughs) close enough. But see, for me, it's... I don't require, if God makes a chocolate chip cookie, whether he inspired a human being to go buy flour and chocolate chips and eggs and milk and make that cookie, to me, God made that cookie just the same as if he abracadabbered it into existence. And I think if you're going to use that terminology, mm -hmm. then you should have brought some chocolate chip cookies. I really should have. Uh, And truthfully, what you just said is- selfish. There's several examples. (laughs) I think that's the beauty of having the four gospels in the Bible. Yeah is that when the Gospel of Mark was written first, Mm -hmm. then they call it Fat Matthew because, or Fat Mm -hmm. Mark, because Matthew was expanded upon. And then when you take Matthew and Luke together, like, you can see similar circumstances. You could even, like, the Olivet Discourse is a perfect one. I know, I studied it so much, Mm -hmm. where Jesus will say in Matthew, when you see the abomination of desolation, Mm -hmm. standing in the holy place, flee to the mountains. But if you go to Luke, Uh he says, when you see the armies of Jerusalem, armies surrounding Jerusalem, flee to the mountains. That's two different words, but they kind of mean the same thing. But it, Well, they mean the same thing if you're willing to, to step outside of the actual specific text and allow of, them to be— And that's what yeah. the canon is. Right. It's a multi-lens view that's right. of the redemption that came through Christ. So I, I, I think it's—so so I say that only to say, again, when I approach these texts and when we have these conversations about these six scriptures— we're going to do that pullback. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I did. I'm actually not here to tell anybody what you're going to do. No, me either. I'm I'm just going to tell you what I did and how I get to where I'm going. And it's important that I, I specify from the beginning, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is resurrected. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. We are all redeemed because of His sacrifice. You come to the Father through Him. The Scriptures are God-breathed and— I believe in science and in archaeological evidence. And when an archaeological text is slightly different, for example, the uh, Misha Stila. Right. Not the Misha Stila. No, that's not it. The Misha Stila is the one that talks about Balaam of Beor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a Stila. The book of Ezra begins with an edict of King Cyrus 
to send everyone back home, and especially the Israelites, because King Cyrus wants them to go worship the one true God. And it seems as if, the way Ezra wrote it, that King Cyrus believed in the God of the Jews and wanted them to go home and rebuild his temple. Mm-hmm. We actually have that edict that Stila has turned up. So we can see written in stone what he actually said, and that's not what he said. What he said was, I want to worship the one true God, Moloch, mm-hmm. who is my God. And in doing so, my God wants all these little lesser gods to have their land back because he's a good and mighty and holy God. That's what he actually said. But if you're being set free, you're going to see it your way, right? Right. And so I do not disagree with Ezra that it was the one true God that we worship that sent them home to to worship and rebuild the temple. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually what King Cyrus said. Right. And so for me, that that sentence that I just told you right there has has ignited enormous passions in fundamentalists in the past. Mm-hmm. And I've been called all kinds of names because I trust archaeological evidence and pagan writings more than I do God. And um, that's not what I said. What I said was, we have a copy of the actual edict and what King Cyrus said, and it is not the same as what Ezra said he said, mm-hmm. but what Ezra believes he said is that the one true God sent everyone home and I do believe that's what happened. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. It's two different things, but right. it gives you a, a, a great perspective from the Israeli mind. Exactly. After being in captivity. Yes. For 70 years. That's right. So going on to point uh, going on to point number three, because okay. that was point number two, is that I do believe it's important to scrutinize. Point number three, not all biblical texts are meant to be taken literally. And so I, therefore, allow what is poetry to be poetry, metaphor to be metaphor, and story to be story. When God says in Isaiah eleven twelve, the four corners of the earth, I do not take this literally, but understand it to be a poetic expression of the all-encompassing power of God. So there are plenty of people that do take this literally and therefore believe that the world is flat because God says the four corners. And square, I, just got, I guess. I yeah. just got called a heretic because I don't believe that. I have I have a, a one of the most special and beloved human beings in the history of my whole life believes that the four corners say the world is flat. And so, well, yeah. so, And, and so, I would point out, again, square then. Yes. A rectangular. Yeah, a rectangular. Round, yeah, you can't yeah. have a flat round worth. Uh-uh. So, yes, to wit, my mm-hmm. husband is a land surveyor. Oh, yeah. And he has to calculate mm-hmm. your property yeah. by the curvature. curvature of the earth. And I've been in an airplane. Mm-hmm. I can see yeah. the curve of yeah. the earth from the airplane. Yeah. So yeah. There, 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 there's where science mm-hmm. has yeah. come in and said, yeah, they probably just, you know— that's probably a metaphor. It's probably poet. Right. It's it's some sort of flowery language, right? You know, like so. I, I think we've had this conversation yes. before too. The thousand mm-hmm. hills thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The cattle on the thousand hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. So it's, what did, what did you say? It was this uh, completion? Said, yeah. Exactly. It shows yeah fulfillment yeah. and completion. So I'm not even really here to extrapolate on what people who believe that you know the moon landing is a hoax and that that. The yeah, the dome the is that covers the earth is how we see the horizon and it's painted with stars because God put all the stars in the heaven. I and the thing is, is like I, I honestly I don't care. That's what those folks believe, and they lay their head down on the you pillow do, at you night. Boo. 
Right. And they're, the Holy Spirit is in their lives. And I don't, I don't have, I don't have anything to say to that. I really don't. Yeah. And, um, but it's not, those aren't extrapolations I make. So keep that but in if, mind when but, I'm approaching these texts. But if they're writing laws to you because of that. Yeah, like they, if, they start to affect the Then it the begins to affect people. the lives yeah. of then people. Then it starts to matter. That's where it gets a little which tricky. Which is why I'm bringing up this particular topic. Exactly. Because it's not, um, it's not irrelevant in terms of whether or not you believe the moon landing is a hoax. What, what the traditional um, fundamentalist Christian approach to same-sex activity in the Bible has done is, is um, force a whole section of humanity to stand outside the gates and not be allowed in. Mm. Um, and to some degree— some folks are like, well, you can come in, but you can't have leadership. Some folks are like, well, you can come in, but you know, we're not going to do your marriage ceremonies. Some there's there's varying degrees, right, of of belief around what it means to be a practicing homosexual and a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's been one of those things that um, has been codified in law at mm-hmm. different points in times. Um, it was not just Jews that were rounded up by. Uh, Hitler. It was it was homosexuals. Mm-hmm. It was people with disabilities. Gypsies. It was all kinds of folks. All kinds of things. So we need to keep that in mind too. That that there is some very important ramifications. Which which brings me to point number four. I do not believe in discounting or erasing scripture that I simply find inconvenient or abhorrent to me. Mm-hmm. But I do believe it is important to apply a historical, cultural, and anthropological lens to scriptures that seem problematic or unclear in order to suss out what God means rather than what the scripture says. That is a triggering sentence for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. What I mean by example is, <sighs> Leviticus 19.27 says, you shall not round off the hairline of your heads nor trim the edges of your beard. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you have a fade, you're going to hell. Right. Um, maybe make sure you keep that in mind when you go to the barber. Mm-hmm. That's not what this verse is necessarily talking about. What it's talking about is an ancient practice called tonsuring, which was, I think I'm saying that correctly. You've seen it actually when you, they, they call it when monks have the bald part of their head shaved, but then have the ring of fire, like it's I like called to call the it. called pate. Right, when they have the pate shaved. That's a, they, they, that's also called tonsuring. Mm-hmm. So this was an important cultural practice in the Near East and in ancient Near East, and especially in Egypt. It was part of how these folks um, worshipped their gods by shaving certain parts of their heads during certain rituals. And I lifted this particular piece of scripture out of its context on purpose to also illustrate when we lift a specific scripture like that out of its context, we miss the overall point. That scripture is embedded in an additional scriptures in Leviticus about tattooing yourself, about cutting yourself. Um, people used to gash their bodies for the dead. That mm-hmm. was a part of how they, you know, expressed mourning or connection to the dead was by cutting themselves. So rather than being a, pro- a, a prohibition against a certain hairstyle or against a tattoo in general, again, some fundamentalists are. Like, nope, God said no tattoos, that's fine. However, if we look at the cultural context of what people were doing when they got tattoos and the fact that these are all listed together as a group, what we can more broadly understand is that the God of Israel is trying to train his people who have just freshly come out of Egypt 
how to worship him versus how the cultures that they just came from worshiped God. So it's 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 not just instruction, it's commentary on all these other mm-hmm. cultural practices. Yeah, that's really good. TGI. And namely, that's the good. Spirit of God, the, the one true God, does not relish or enjoy His creation mutilating themselves in order to receive His attention. Right, right. That's what it's about. So and and because that his son was mutilated. That's right. So that we didn't have to. It, exactly. So 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 this is important to me and a big part of how I did this study was not lifting specific scriptures out of their context but placing them in their context and and doing that work. When you take the text out of context, you're left with a con. Oh yeah. Oh hey, I like that. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, um I said this in the notes that I sent, but I'm going to read it here too. I, I, I do not believe that it is only imprudent. I believe it is impossible to understand uh, the heart, the plan, and the current desire of God for our lives unless we hold the scriptures we hold dear in the context of their cultural and historical significance. People often say uh, that the Bible is very clear about X, Y, and Z, and it is my personal belief that the Bible is not very clear about anything at all. Mm-hmm. That's why we're all here. Well, let's just, yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. How many times have we really come to a final conclusion on anything? And it's not just because we're just speculating and questioning constantly. It's because there's some areas where it's hard to figure out the conclusions. Right. You know, there just are. And we're working on it. We're trying to get to some conclusions. But yeah. this has been almost three years in the run in here, pal. Well, it's the Bible talks about that there is a mystery. There's mystery in the That's Bible. Right. and And— who can know? Who can truly know God? Yeah, uh, I mean, seriously, mm-hmm. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His That's ways right. are higher than our ways. His paths are different than our. I mean, we can't even if we tried. Yeah, we could not. We could not even get inside the mind of God because yes. He is God, uh, who created this beautiful universe, who created each person perfectly beautifully. We have our own flaws, but you know what I mean. Like He created you just. The way you are. Now you know, we see but darkly as though through a glass. Then we shall know fully, even as we are fully known. One even, day we'll have clarity. our scales, our human scales, yeah. and we'll be able to see things. And we, we may be able to understand yeah. the mind of God. But right now, my We're mind stuck is— in a meat suit. My mind is finite. I cannot— Meat suit. I, sometimes I— Yep, the listen, meat suit. <laughs> for the three fellas in here, do you understand women— no. Can you understand the I minds of women? Listen, Gary Chapman. So even Gary Chapman even more so, the god the god of the universe who gave us the mind where I've got seventy browsers open and there's music playing somewhere. I can't figure out where it is. <laughs> you can't close the right. I can't browser close the right the browser. I got so much going on, and uh-huh. my husband is very. I got to think about this one thing and this one thing. Like yeah. I don't understand his mind, but guys all the time say I don't understand women. Everything's in a little box for us. Y'all are weird. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Listen, uh, my on my wife, when I went on my first date with Holly, I said, do you know the book by Gary Chapman called The Five Love yes, Languages? Yes, I said, I speak them all fluently. <laughs> <laughs> did you? I did. Can I that's, ask you a question? That's kind of adorable. I, yeah. Is yeah. it okay if I share something in regard to what you just said and, and, and this yeah. point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and this is, I'm going to do this as quick as I can. Do the study on your own. Don't, don't take my word for it, but- the most famous verse of the Bible that we know in America is John 3.16. Yeah. And we quote it, and we've quoted it on this podcast many times. And if you listen to what Jesus says from the, the start of chapter 3 all the way through verse 15, mm-hmm. 
Jesus is pretty clear when he says, for God so loved. Now, the little word so, and I'm not Bill Clinton here. I'm not trying to define the word if. <laughs> the little is. word so. Yeah, was it is? is. Yeah. Does, do, Brilliant legal defense, by the way. Stopped oh, the entire the way, nation in its tracks. <laughs> All right, sorry, define, go ahead. Define the word is. You know, so that little word so has been translated in our English minds through preachers that for God so loved, right? Like immensely, greatly, that yeah, yeah, word yeah. so. That is not what it means. Mm. Within the context, Jesus has just told Nicodemus, just like when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness— You've got to know what he's talking about. You've got to go back to numbers. Yeah. You've got to see the story of how they were grumbling and complaining and and against God and how the God sends God sends poisonous serpents. Yeah. To strike and kill the people that are grumbling. Yeah. So when Moses goes and prays to God, like these people are dying, what are we going to do? You know, God says, "Make a bronze yeah. serpent, lift it up, and if they look to it, then they will be healed." That's what the lesson is. Now, if you don't have numbers to yeah. tell you what this means, when you get to for God so loved, it means in the same way. In the same Not way. Not so, like a whole bunch. It yeah. means in the same manner. Yeah. So Christ was lifted up and drew all men into himself. Yeah. And it is important to note that Nicodemus saw him on that cross. Oh, yeah. And helped take him down. That's right. So there's a whole Ooh. thing that in like manner or in the same way, yeah. that little tiny word so yeah. means so much. But we take it from our Christian culture or our churchianity that David Curtis says, yeah. and we miss the whole proverbial point. But yet that is one of the most famous verses in yeah. all of scripture. And they we say it wrong greatly. every time we say yeah. it. What's fascinating, and go ahead. Proof text to that was the Roman that looked upon him and said, that's the Son of God. Exactly. Because he saw it. That's right. Protect. So the ones, he draws all men into himself when he's lifted up. That's the healing. Instead of healing from a poison, it's healing from sin. So like you're saying in mm -hmm. your point, Tiziana, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what a great comeback. Huh? I got brought us all the way back. <laughs> the whole point is that so does not mean so. It right. means in the same way. Because when you take things out of their context, it makes, it doesn't always tell the whole story. I, well, I just, just simply... If you can debate something for 2,000 years more or more, honestly, much more, if you include the Tanakh yep. continually, if you can debate and reinterpret something for thousands of years, it lacks clarity. I don't know how you could view it otherwise. Yeah, that, we've talked about that so, so many times. Yeah. If there's a gray area, there's a reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I'm with the invention of the internet, so many awesome, like, examples such as the one you have presented have come clear to me. One of the most important for me in that regard in terms of understanding the cultural context and within its 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 uh its historicity andy its historical mm -hmm. accuracy yeah um it. was it is harder for a rich man to enter into heaven than for a camel to enter the you know to come through the eye of a needle right when i was a child what that was taught as was it is impossible because a camel could never fit through the eye of a needle so it's impossible for a for a rich man to get into heaven mm -hmm. um in reality, thank you, internet, the eye of the needle was the name of a gate that led into the city of Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. And camels had to get down on their knees in order to crawl through the gate properly because they were too tall and the gate was, uh, they couldn't get through it. Mm -hmm. So it's without- my favorite fact of the day. Thank you. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. So in, until you know that, 
you are apt to understand that you don't understand the geographical content. It's just, then you're apt to completely misunderstand the point of what Jesus is trying you to think say. Think it's a sewing with, needle. Yeah, the walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That is not figurative. No, it's the Wadi Valley. It's, it's the, the Wadi place. Gorge or whatever. It's mm-hmm. an actual place that leads from Jeru- from um, uh, Judah. No, Jericho. Jericho. Thank you. Jericho to Jerusalem, and it's a valley. So you are vulnerable to attack. And you're talking about who wrote that? David, who was constantly on the run from Saul, who was it's trying the to same kill him. road that the Good Samaritan That's happens on. That's the correct. valley of the shadow of death. And so, so what, what, what David's actually saying is, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, where I am completely vulnerable, that's why a thousand are falling at his side and 10,000 are falling at his right hand because archers are literally picking them off right. because they're in an exposed valley. When you understand that verse with its geographical significance, it means so much more, doesn't it? Yep. It's not a metaphor. It's I'm literally physically exposed to my enemies and they are falling all around me. It is a battlefield. Yeah. And then if a- you fast forward to Psalm 91, mm-hmm. where he keeps him in the shelter of his, I mean. Girl, I got goosebumps just talking yeah. about it. For me, the Bible becomes alive mm. when I place it oh, yeah. in its historical context. And when I am aware of geographical, cultural, and linguistic challenges that I can mighty, mu- muddle through. Um, I have not been able to stop. You said this, Sarita. I'm, I'm pointing at her. Nobody can see that. Uh, <laughs> Don't Sarita, point at me. Sarita, if you have not. So, Sarita, you actually, I think you said this for the first time during your study on the names of God. Shepherd versus sheep's clothing. And then you mentioned it again in Josh Sexton's testimony. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Take the floor. Oh, so the actual, mm, I don't know this for sure. I have done some reading on it, but mm-hmm. the actual statement was a wolf in shepherd's clothing, not a wolf in sheep's clothing, because the shepherd was the leader, the protector, the the go-getter of the one who goes to astray. Yeah. And a wolf in shepherd's clothing would be much more dangerous. Much more dangerous. It changes because the whole it changes the context. whole meaning of the like. So you have to be careful who you're allowing to lead you, not uh, who you're rubbing elbows with, not who not who's next to you in yeah. the trenches. And that's that's true with any army. Yeah, who's leading the army? Who's leading the battle? Yeah. Is God your shepherd, or do you are you following someone who is a wolf in your God's clothing, yeah, in your shepherd's clothing, yeah. because the Lord is my shepherd. And if somebody else has taken his mantle and said, "I am your leader, of Jesus Christ," the blind it, leading the blind, it, it, yes, the blind leading fall into yes. a pit. It makes more sense, even with the context of other teachings on leadership that Jesus Himself gave. Correct. Yeah. And so, when I read that, when I was doing the research for the for the particular study, yeah. I was like, "Oh my goodness, that changes the I am statement." It changes it, and what he says in the context of what he said around the I am statement, we have misinterpreted it, and I, I'm i not smart enough to know the Greek, so I would have to go look in my lexicon, and in some of the lexicons, it says, this word meant shepherd, not sheep. Well, if you read it in the NASB, Matthew 7, 15, you're 100% right. It is accurate, because listen to how it states— Beware of the false prophets 
who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. False prophets were leaders of groups. They yeah. were shepherds of groups. Yes. So you're 100% right. And Jesus is saying, beware, beware of them yeah. who come to you, these shepherds, looking like a sheep, That's but inwardly right. they're, they're like ravenous wolves. I mean, And I just want to clarify, number one, I am not a shepherd. Oh, yeah. I am a fellow Ooh. sheep. <laughs> who is just trying to walk this journey following my shepherd, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he has placed leadership, my husband, our pastor, our government, uh, as much as I don't want to think about that. But yeah. yes, he has placed it there. There is nothing that is outside of his sovereignty. Yeah. I am a shepherd, and I don't claim to be— please, You're a sheep. I'm a sheep. I do not claim to be a shepherd, and I don't want to be, and I don't, I, it's a lot of— risk. all over, right? No, you're a sheep. I'm a sheep. <laughs> well, no, I'm just trying to— I just want to be sure her yes. from the responsibility. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> because people like that are, the Bible says, uh, yeah, held a higher held scrutiny. to a higher oh, yeah. scrutiny. Now, I do teach Sunday school for ninth yeah. grade girls. I, I do shepherd those girls, and I take that very seriously, and I teach them as best as I know how and 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 with the leading of the Holy Spirit. But on this podcast, y'all, I'm just a sheep like the rest of yuns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't want. And she's southern. And I don't. Yeah. And yuns. I don't want the responsibility of you thinking, oh, Everything she says is the gospel. Please do not. Mm-hmm. Right. Because even in this room, we don't agree on stuff, mm-hmm. but we're willing to have the discussion. We, we just can't even have any discussions about anything because if it's about the Bible, yeah. you're a heretic. You're an apostate. You're a whatever. And if it's about race relations, you're a racist or you're an anti-racist. Or yeah. if it's about... Homosexuality, you're a homophobe. You're, yeah. uh, you know, there's, right. we, we, we are so quick to jump on people and label it. Let me say, my label is sheep. That's it. It's a mm. bright neon sign yeah. on the pate of my head. Yeah. And it's, I am a sheep. Yeah. And I am just trying to follow my shepherd as best as I know how. And when he has to have a substitute, I, I'm trying to trust those shepherds. Yeah. Um, but I also hold those shepherds to account if I can't find what they're saying fair, in the this Bible. This particular sheep does pack heat. You are, <laughs> yeah. She, she packed heat. I will take sheep. that wolf down. Yeah, hey. <laughs> Some of us are black sheep, just so you're aware. Oh, yeah. um, and me. that was a racial. That was no, me. the actual idiom that it meant. Yeah. That is yeah. an idiom, I think, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Although I... some sheep are black too. Well, that's, that's... I mean, that's, that's the point. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah. genetic so, we're anomaly. We're all sheep, but a, there yeah. are some black sheep among us. No, I was saying some sheep are black people. Oh, you meant that way. Oh. I thought you meant like literal. <laughs> yeah. We're all sheep. We're all of our sheep. Yeah, our sheep, our sheep are lots of colors. We ain't all white. You know, that's, that's right. fine. Yeah. Some that's of fine. us are Absolutely. dirty because we've been rolling around in the mud. Yeah, some of us are all kind of color. But 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 so this brings me to the the final point before we jump in. <laughs> we well, this actually in. finishes this, this one, episode, I would say. Oh, you? yeah. So we're going to finish this episode. Well, yeah, I think we're going to finish this episode out. There, well, well, no, I've got two points that I want to make. Um, two more points. But this one here is, is very important. We are going to be having a discussion that is going to include some really difficult and triggering topics, including rape and issues of power control, and subjugation. Mm -hmm. So often, the conversation in my observations around homosexuality is triggering for folks because they've experienced abuse. Mm -hmm. And to hear that 
the person who potentially abused them is not um, frowned upon by God is very triggering. Mm -hmm. So I want to clear that up right now. If you have been abused, there is, God is not okay with that. Mm -hmm. God is not okay with that. And the unfortunate reality, though I know several men that have been assaulted by women and even raped by women, and I, I hate that word. I'm going to try and say it as few times as possible. We had, there were some statistics that were thrown around here during one of our testimony series. One in five girls has experienced assault, one in three boys. Most of those assaults were done by men. Mm -hmm. When people have a strong reaction to homosexuality, it is often because they have a strong reaction to pedophilia and to abuse. Mm -hmm. Those reactions to pedophilia and abuse are correct and in line with the heart of God, I believe. So I am in no way, shape, or form trying to excuse or take away from that fact. Mm -hmm. Okay? It is very important that we approach these particular conversations with that sensitivity in mind. Yeah. I would like to say, along with that, um, personally, mm -hmm. that at one time in my life, I was a racist. Mm -hmm. At one time in my life, life, I was a homophobe. And both of which were because of abuse. And until um, I began to really understand um, my own personal faith and my relationship to the Lord— mm -hmm. Only then did my lens begin to change. The filters that were that psychiatrists will tell you, those little lenses that you get uh, as you grow, mm -hmm. that he took the one red, dark red lens and pulled it out and put in an amber one and then slowly worked its way down to where it was a little bit clearer for me, mm -hmm. although we still look through a glass mm -hmm. that's opaque, right? But so when I am in this conversation, I probably, along with a lot of our listeners, mm -hmm. am going to be triggered, and I am going to feel those things. And I'm going to try to be as humble and as quiet as I can, because I think that this topic is important. And I think that mm -hmm. we need to understand how to love, um, despite even those things that trigger us, despite the, the hate we may feel or whatever mm -hmm. it might be, the disagreement we might have. Mm -hmm. um, we as believers are called to love even our very enemy. And that is where the hard work of living in the kingdom is. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has been now, uh, I see through the fruits of the Spirit, something that I need to work through. And yeah. I think that this is a good time for us to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think that we've we've grown up a lot in here. And, um, and I commend you for being—I always notice when you get heartfelt that you start to get quieter. And I know <laughs> it's because you're going into a deeper, a deeper place yeah. in your heart, right? And mm -hmm. so I'm right there with you. Yeah. But I am going to get triggered in this room, and I'm going to do my best to keep it under control. And there yeah. might be some crying up in here, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's not—yes, I was a racist and a homophobe. I, I do was. have to say that the most free I ever felt was the day that I forgave the man who molested me when I was an infant and mm -hmm. a baby and a child, a toddler. And I found out that he was sick, and I, I prayed for him with tears in my eyes, and I felt more free that day than the many times I had spoken to a therapist, because I was speaking to the therapist who is God. And, and that's the only way that I know how to love the person who did what he did to me. 
It's the only way I know how. And that day, I felt the most free mm-hmm. because I had blamed every man since. And I was a manaphobe. You can talk about a homophobe yeah. or a racist. I was yeah. a manaphobe. Yeah. And so I did things to try to take power from men because power had been taken from me. Yeah. And, and, that's what, yeah. and that's what you just said. It's about it's about power. It's about dominion over. It's about control. And if you can get there, if you can get to the point where you can pray for that person, mm-hmm. I'm never going to throw my arms around him. Well, I think he's passed away now, but yeah. I, I'm never going to throw my arms around him. Yeah. I'm never, if I were in the same room with him, I'm not sure I could look at him. Sure. But that day, it was just like, <gasps> I could breathe. Yeah. I could get my lungs full of air and I could breathe for the first time in that many years. I'm Since still, it happened, I'm still working on that one. I, I think yeah. do work on it. I, I think people are sick, and yeah. and it, and and you can pity someone and not accept their behavior at the same time. That's correct. Yeah. Right? Those are those yeah. are two different things that can happen right at the same time. Jesus did on the cross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forgive them. They know not what they do. Yeah. Maybe the people that abused us were abused, and it's a cycle that is being passed. Yeah, I'm certain of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but statistically, I think statistically, you're probably yeah. yeah. But those of us who control that and say not this is the on the line where it stops. That cycle is done. Right. The wash cycle is done, and and it's not going any further than this. My sister and I are the third and fourth generation, right? So the sins of the father shall be visited into the third and the fourth generation. We're definitely like curse breakers in our house, mm. you know? Yeah. So this isn't going to be an easy one. This is not going to be an easy one. We've crowded and, the first I, one. It's just the I know, <laughs> I know. And, 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 and I, but I think that again, when I hear the heat in this conversation, generally when I'm watching debates or hearing conversations, when I hear the heat, what I hear is the hurt. Mm-hmm. Hurt people, hurt people. What I hear is the hurt. And there is as much a difference between consensual loving sex between a man and a woman and and rape between mm-hmm. a man and a woman. There is as much a difference between those two in my observations and in my study as consensual loving sex between two men versus the other. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to – the difference between those two is what we're going to be discussing. So mm-hmm. this has been a rough one. I'm going to leave this one here. I appreciate also earlier what you said about that you do not deny the verses that are to you abhorrent, mm-hmm. which means that you allow it to change you. Yeah. Or you wrestle with it at least, but you allow it to be that place. And I, the word authority is going to be thrown around, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. um, But just like I'm super proud of you because I know what you've been through. So I think mm-hmm. this is amazing. And so the people that are listening, I hope that you do share it with people who are from all walks of life and that you understand that um, we as believers do love you. And we really do. Mm-hmm. Send us an email at info at burrosabria.com if you want yeah. to talk to Tizian or any of us. Yeah. Throw it out there. I'll forward Let it to everybody. Are you, uh, are you prepared for some of the email you're probably going to get off of this one? I am. Yeah, I, I get a lot of email. And I, I don't know if you guys saw the one I sent to you last night. Oh, I did. Yeah. I don't oh, I know didn't. how you have time for this. Dude, I had to stay up until midnight. 
Rick's a busy boy. He's one of those you are people. Very busy, sir. I, I don't know how you have time for this. I mean, I, well, it no, took I just, me like three months to put together half of this study. Yeah. <laughs> because between like, and all I have is two kids. Like, not to say all, but like, you know. Did you notice the difference in the the guy's response? Oh yeah, I did. It was different. The second yeah. response, there was no heated anger. Yeah, he apologized for his ad hominems. He, yeah. Oh, he, oh, so he oh, did, yeah. I, he, I haven't. I yeah. saw the first one. Yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. The minute you humanize yourself, people usually, unless they're just completely lost, dirt is, bags. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the minute you like, they're like, oh crap, this is a human. They usually turn around. Yeah, he did, and, and he, you know, he even laughed at himself about the overuse of commas and things like that. But yeah. when when he asked his questions. Um, I just felt compelled to respond. I mean, he'd yeah. shown he'd shown me some grace and yeah. turned it around, and um, I just think that was that's what we need to do. Yes. Whenever you're when you encounter that, just like we're going to do in this study, when you encounter it, I think that you have to put in the time and the effort. You have to. That's the work of our faith. Yeah. And so last night when I was tired and I was like, "All right, you know, I just said a little prayer like we did in here this morning." And I was like, "Lord, here we go. Help yeah. me. Help me with this because." Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to turn him away, and I, and I definitely don't want to uh, to make it any worse. I would like to help him find some clarity if it's possible, and um, maybe even develop a friendship with somebody I don't even know. It happened with me and Rick Carter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't True. call me a you know what, but you know, he was nice. <laughs> but we've developed friendships with Not people we email. don't know through this podcast. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I love folks, I love all you guys. I know I love all y'all too, and we haven't even done anything yet. We're just set, we're just like laying the foundation, you know. Teasy and I send each other mom stuff all the time, all yeah. the time. Yeah. We're so mom. Funny. I'm in yeah. a different place of momming than she is. Yeah, yeah and they so were. <laughs> they're so some of them are so funny, but yeah, yeah, they were talking all these terms like with breastfeeding and like what why you can't freeze this kind and whatever. And I was like, peace out. I'm out. <laughs> I don't need to hear this stuff. I'm and yet out. again, just to reiterate, if we can't even understand what's in each other's minds because of our our chromosomal like makeup, <laughs> like it is not that hard for me to absorb. I don't know what's going you on. Want my to God, the truth when I'm standing out there. First of all, I'm a father, and I, and all of my kids were breastfed. Yeah, and so and I've tasted breast milk. Let's just yeah. be real. I'm a dude. I you have, have to. Don't be Whatever. weird about it. It was yeah. awesome. But I anyway, used to so could, I used to shoot mine across the room. <laughs> I did on accident one time. I shot a friend in the face one time. <laughs> actually, um, I've actually accident. shot some across the room too. Oh. No. Oh. No, no, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about breast milk. (laughs) No, yeah, I did not mean that. Me and Sarita both went there immediately. Good lord, our minds are very different. Again, you do not understand the minds of a woman. But when I walked away, honestly, you guys are sitting there talking, and I'm kind of like the guy on the outside of the circle, kind of looking in, looking through the cool kids, and I was Mm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going to go inside. (laughs) Y'all have it. Yeah, I love I'm you not, very much. I'm not I cool did kids. not mean that in you a sexual way. You meant you shot breast way. milk across the room. I, I, I was a husband of a wife who breastfed, right, right, and, right. and we were intimate. And yeah. I had a moment where I, I did that, and you I thought it was the coolest. Your hand was no, on no, the it wasn't accidental at all. Yeah. It was oh. like, I got to play little boy shooting a gun. The, your hand was on the trigger. It was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't I, hear it the first time. That's that was good, funny. Andy. Y'all have to watch the Leanne Morgan Netflix special. I am telling you. Okay. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. He talks about that. Yeah. Boy, this this episode went we have everywhere. gone all over. You the know place. the gamut, the gamut, the gamut, and be we are emotional beings. 
you know, and and we we uh we're gonna run the gamut multiple times. I'm certain. Yes, but we love everybody good... in this room, and we love everybody who's listening <laughs> yeah. to us. What are you laughing at over there? Have you got something else in your mind? Uh, yeah. I okay, we prayer. need to end. I'm doing full circle, baby. Uh, tonight, TZ, I'm gonna be praising, praying for Tiziana. Lord, Lord, please help Tiziana with her muck banging. <laughs> That's a full circle, baby. Full yeah, circle. Oh, That's it. First circle. Well, folks, <laughs> think, think about this one. It, this is actually a prep episode for June, which is Pride Month. So so think about it. You know, email us. Let us know what you think. We, we, we got a lot more to say on the topic, and we'd love to hear what you have to say on the topic. Um, do us a favor and remember that we all love one another and try and be kind. Yes. Please try and be kind. It is the fruit of the spirit. We understand that this was difficult. That's right. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Above these things, there is no law. Galatians 5.22. Yeah. Go look at those. Go go, take a dictionary and look up what those words mean. They all mean something different. Yeah. So let's let's do that. And uh, we love y'all. And we will see you next time on the Burrows of Berea. Bye. Peace out. Hey, guys. This is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea, you'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. And when I got home after recording on Thursday, I like I'd sent a text to this guy, Ben, who helps me, who's my mentor with life. And I sent a text to my mother-in-law. I sent a text of a picture of the couch I got from to, nobody was responding. I was like, okay, everybody real busy today. And then I opened my computer when I got home and my they had all come to my computer because I have mess, iMessage sharing on all of my devices, but they weren't coming to my phone. So I restarted my phone and Friday morning I got up and I emailed Pastor Hackett. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, if you responded, I didn't get it. I'm really sorry. So I'm sending you an email. And it's just, I haven't heard anything from him. Now, I know he just got back from Dubai. Yeah. So, I, I, you We'll know, get him in the future. It's okay. Yeah. No so, worries. yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it, he's also just so busy. And he might have just missed that. He might he even have had seen it yet. Yep. Yeah, I don't know why. He's got some stuff going on. He's, he's you know, anyway. So, I, it's just us, I guess, I today. I it's very nice. Yeah, I hear it's a, very pretty. If yeah. you're a dude. Yeah. If well, you're a, I mean, you're a, yeah. I will never. Also, also, right. if you're wealthy, <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not where. It's not. What? It's, yeah, it's not the redneck Riviera. No, <laughs> I remember when I was uh, one, of, one of one of when I was in college. No. One of the we were talking about um, um, eth- ethnocentric versus um, ethnocentricity versus um, uh, the other one. Ethnocentric is when you see things through the lens of your own cultural experience, and then the other one. And this girl was talking about how her parents, her family wanted to go to Dubai and they had to sit down with like a cultural liaison and train the girls on like how to behave so that they wouldn't get like unalived in Dubai. <laughs> like she wasn't allowed to order for herself. Her dad had to order for her. Like, wow. so whenever I see these pictures of men that are just like, Dubai is great. I'm like, go f- yourself. <laughs> wow. I'm sure it is for you. You know, like the just, I'm sure you're having a great time there. Not asking your dad. There's really not to any Muslim you know? country that we can go where we're not having to 
cover our heads oh, and here's, not here's order. A, yeah, here's a fun here's a fun brain teaser. I ran in the 70s was. <laughs> yes, it was. They were like wearing short mini skirts mm-hmm. and things like I ran and then in that. This, I ran in the 70s was very liberal. Until, for the, Ayatollah. Cultural, until the Ayatollah Cultural yeah, Revolution. Absolutely. Yep. And I now think they Turkey have, is a little less. I think you're a little safer to travel yeah, in well, Turkey I think it's too. like a medium though. It's yeah. not like. It's a, but it's Turkey also is like half Christian. Oh. But we, we have a. One of my daughter, my older daughter's best friends is in, I can't tell you what country she's in. Oh. Uh, they're on mission for a year and they're staying. And and what she tells us that she has to, to yeah. do, and they had to be trained yeah. on how to act and how to do. Yeah. Um, but when they get sort of off in the touristy parts, they're fine. But in the villages and in the, in the sure. small town, well, they're not small towns because this is a major country with a bunch of people in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... You know, she she just the the pictures are just so bizarre. Like what she can and can't do. Yeah, and I can't wild. wait till she comes yeah, home. Yeah, it's fascinating. All we have is what she can put on social media, which is very yeah. guarded as well. Yeah, because um, she can't show any hints of where she is because she's a Christian. And yeah. if they find out, the yeah. government finds out, she's in jail. She's that's so scary. unpersoned. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, talk about bravery. Yeah. And like she's living with a predominantly Muslim family and they adore her. Aww. They adore her. And they don't it's have a problem pro- with her be proselytizing no, her Christianity no, in their home. They house? even celebrated Christmas with her. Oh, that's beautiful. She was able to help Aww. to have a Christmas yeah. celebration over there. And they did her traditional dinner as much as they could because they yeah. don't have turkeys like we do. Mm. Um, but they were able to to do some of that stuff and it was precious, and she slowly but surely is winning them Aww, every day. That's beautiful. It's great, and she, she's. Pre- I can't wait to get my arms around. You know. Oh yeah, I want to hear about. I can't that. wait to hug her neck. Yeah, as my as grandma they say. used to say. That's beautiful. I want to hug your neck. Do you guys know the difference between Dubai and Abu Dhabi? I don't know. I know one is much more. I Western. feel like it sounds like it's a setup for a joke. What is it? The people in Dubai don't really care for the Flintstones. <laughs> but the people in Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And on that note, let's jump right in. Yep, we're getting a Bucky's. And a QT. And a They're QT. They're getting a QT on Upward Road. Bucky's is in Anderson, right? There's a Bucky in Anderson and a Bucky's in Florence. Yeah, we're getting a Bucky's and here. And Spartanburg is getting a Whataburger. <laughs> Really? Um, oh, near my house. I'm going to wait nine. I'm going to have to run to it so I can eat and run home. It's four miles from my house. I found a tour bus. It's a stripper bus. <laughs> it is. It was a bus used for strippers, but they're selling it at a really or like a rock bottom price. I recommend having um, hello, like one of those like forensic cleaners. <laughs> Get one of those lights that shows yeah. up green Call on the and wall. And I will tell you what. And I tell you what. I don't say that because of the girls. I say that because of the, the guys. Dudes. We'll call it Rahab Yeah. <laughs> I, I've known several Rahab dancers tours. in my in my life, and I would eat after any one of them, but not a single one of the gentlemen that hires them. So. <laughs> That's correct. I, one of those. One of those. You know those. Those. If you've had a murder scene, call us and we'll fix it. <laughs> I'd, I'd give those bad boys a a jingle. <laughs> Men. Men. Yeah, Go I want to play right. I want to pray right now. Mm. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. yeah. I prayed all, right. all the way up here. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. To be people of peace. Mm. That's it, girl. I definitely yeah. heard you say that to the tune yeah. of, I want to rock right now. I, I want to rock! <laughs> yeah. We're going to pray. You don't have to. You don't, you don't have to participate, Andy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 
I'll stand politely and think about other things like I I'll always do when up. people pray. No, okay. <laughs> sometimes sometimes <laughs> I also think about other Andy. things when people pray. Yeah. So. Sometimes I think about other things while I pray. Yeah, yeah. that's true. It's weird. Uh-huh. All right, it's all you. Holy Spirit, come into this place. <laughs> I gotta get rid of that. <laughs> no, listen. Okay. I was gonna take it's that out. Is that the cat? Yeah. Yes, the I Holy Spirit I didn't came realize into that Greg, was there. just so you know. 